Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 16. Well, hello again, maniacs. What's a crack a If you grew up in the same time as I did, late 90s, early 2000s, you are going to very much appreciate this episode. We've got William Ryan Key, the lead singer of Yellow Card, on the podcast. So Ryan just released his first solo EP. It's called 13. It's an acoustic album. It's pretty cool stuff. He's also opening and playing with Newfound Glory as a backing musician, which is also really cool. He sat down with us before the show at the Phoenix Concert Theater for this podcast, which is maybe the coolest of them all. We talk about the new album. We talk about touring right now, what he's up to. We talk about comic books, movies, Star Wars. Uh, We talk about quite a bit about playing with Linkin Park. We got a really cool conversation for you. I'm really excited to share it with you guys. But before we get into it, get on your laptop, your smartphone, your tablet, visit theadamantium.com, join the mailing list, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, If you're listening on iTunes, please be so kind as to leave us a review and give us a rating. Much, much appreciated. Also, this maniac is heading out to Western Canada for a week for a family wedding, but we will get back to you very, very soon with some more podcast action. Also, the World Cup is starting next week, which is the best month of every four years, if you ask me, and we will have plenty to catch up on. Alrighty then. So, one more thing we do here on the Adamantium Podcast when we have a musical guest is five songs recommended to you by the Adamantium, in case maybe you've never listened to Yellow Card before. So here's five songs involving William Ryan Key. The first is the first single off of the 13 EP. It's called Vultures. It's really cool. Check it out. And here's four yellow card songs. We've got number four, For You and Your Denial. Number three, Lights and Sound. Number two, Way Away. And of course, no yellow card recommendation list would be complete without the classic Ocean Avenue, a song that defined my high school years and growing up. So... Give those songs a listen after the podcast, or you can pause and go check them out now, or you can check them out on your way to work while you're at the grocery store or while you're sitting on the can. I don't judge. Do what you got to do. But if you're going to pause, you better pause quickly because we're about to start episode number 16 of the Adamantium podcast featuring William Ryan Key. Enjoy, maniacs. William Ryan Key, who just, congratulations again on releasing the, uh, your solo record. Thanks, man. Um, this is, it's kind of the, is this the first time you've done something like this on your own? It is. Um, Yellow Card took a hiatus in 2008, and I wrote some songs with um, a friend of mine named Sean O'Donnell. He ended up playing bass in Yellow Card for a bit and on one of our records. Um, but me and Sean and Ryan Mendez, Yellow Card's guitarist, we're writing and recording some songs, but we never mm-hmm. properly released them or, or put anything like for real together. So, and even that was like going to be a band. So right. This is definitely the first, first time I've done, done anything on just on my own, fully on your own. And yeah. when I was listening to it, it's very uh, soulful, very lyrical, very heartfelt. How how would you describe it to our listeners if they're interested in, in checking it out? Um, I mean, when I was asked to choose a genre for 
iTunes and Spotify and stuff. Right. I just picked singer songwriter. Okay. Um, so it's, but I mean, I've kind of been calling it ambient acoustic. Okay. Kind of to kind of come up with a d- description of the sound, you know, um, pulled from a lot of influences. I mean, I've always been a fan of, of um, a big fan of, of many singer songwriter guys, whether right. it's Bruce Springsteen or or Ryan Adams or you know everyone right. in between. So I've, I've um, Elliot Smith is a huge growing up it's a huge right. influence on me, and I think you can hear a lot of that on the EP. It, it was um, funny when it was described to me when they said, "Oh, you know Ryan's available. Here's his new stuff." It it's Ryan Elliot Smith. Yeah. It's Ben Gibbard is what yeah. I was. I mean that's so, so like people. Yeah. I've read I've read some of those. Yeah, exact comparisons yeah. with those exact names and like several reviews. Right, and it just blows my mind. And that, I mean, and this is like the kind of thing you say when people are like, "Come on, man, you don't give yourself enough credit," you know. Right. But Yellow Card was such a specific thing, and it was in such a specific yeah. genre. Um, and we, we, but that said, you know, as a band, we did really try, especially on our last couple records, yeah. to kind of break the mold from that genre and. Um, and, and not try not to sort of just be the one thing. Um, right. And we did. We, we were definitely, I think, at the end, sort of evolving into more just kind of a rock and roll band. And, and that's where we wanted would have gone if we had kept going. I think that's where we wanted to go. So, but for me to step out and be, you know, compared to these artists that are just like com- just completely on another planet from what yeah. I've done before, and people that I artists that I respect and have listened to and. Um, Look, looked compliment. up to it's just beyond, yeah it's huge it's a huge compliment it's just crazy so um, but there's also an element to the music that comes from um, my like post rock influence I've, okay. I've been listening to a lot of instrumental music for the last okay. I mean 10 plus years I've, I've been okay. can you give us um, some examples yeah I'm a big fan of Explosions in the Sky okay, and Mogwai yeah. and um, Hammock and yeah. stuff like you know just um, kind of like shoegazy evolved into mm-hmm. like instrumental post-rock stuff is what they and post-rock is the genre they, that they those bands get pigeonholed into right <laughs> you know because yeah. there has to be a genre a label for everything Everything's gonna have, yeah. but um but just that sort of atmospheric instrumental um mm-hmm. r- you know reverby spacey guitar kind of right. stuff yeah that was something i wanted to um bring into these songs and um so i brought in my friend arun bali who plays guitar in the band Saves the Day, mm-hmm. um, but he's also a producer, a mixer, and he kind of has this cool, like, just a cool factor, like right. a cool kind of analog vintage style, and um, I'm used to making these big, shiny, slick rock records, and mm-hmm. so I wanted to bring him in to produce it with me to kind of bring some of that yeah, sound yeah, to yeah. it, and also some of the guitar work and, and coach me through. He's just an insane guitar player, so just like coach me through. Uh, some of the stuff I wanted to realize on uh, guitar wise and, and stuff on the record because I wanted it to sa- I wanted to use guitars to make the sounds but I didn't yeah. necessarily want it to sound like guitars um, I'm playing the songs live with just a couple of tracks running along with me okay um, so running, running those yeah just me on stage it would be cool if it if it takes off to the point where I can bring a couple buddies on right. the road with me playing guitar that would be amazing but right now um, you know it's 2018 no, no one a shit if you right. if you, if you have, have a laptop on stage no. or whatever and it's not like it's not like I'm singing to a to a yeah. track you know it's just it fills out the songs I think in the way that they're meant to be realized and meant to be heard of course I almost think it's like expected at this yeah point. yeah and especially playing in front of you know some of these newfound glory shows playing in front of like two or three thousand people it's right. like you really want to you know compared to the full bands that are playing after me yeah um, I wanted to make the songs as full sounding as I could of course. Um, but that said I didn't want those tracks and I had that in mind when I was recording and, and writing and performing it was in my mind and I 
didn't want it to sound like there's just like this ripping guitar part that's being played that no right, one is playing no on stage. So what we did is we used the guitars to um to, to kind of just create like a soundscape that's very like okay. we, it doesn't necessarily sound like a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it was cool having a rune on board and uh, he was an awesome springboard for ideas and and I think some of these these Elliot Smith Ben Gibbard you know yes, type comparisons yeah. are coming because a lot of Arun's production style was brought into, was brought into the project as well. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I think it's almost expected now. I, I had a band called Camelot on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they're like a symphonic metal band. It's like they don't have yeah. a full symphony on the stage right. with them. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it's cool. And same with actually, you were saying about how you have to label everything. It, it's funny, I have the same thing with the podcast, and uh, every musician I interview is a different style. So, mm-hmm. And they don't even have just interview on there. It's right. like, so I've got to pick. And yeah. I don't even have just music, too. Yeah. It's like, I've had our mayor, I'm like, what genre is that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's no politician. No. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, the first single off 13 is, is called Vultures. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us maybe a little bit behind the the inspiration behind that song, or where, where you know yeah, where I mean, the lyrics came from? Or it's also tough calling it a single. Like we're not really we just, right. We just needed to put a song out, but like uh, like we're doing um, we're we're doing a music video for another song. We're just like we're kind of just throwing them all right. Out there. Okay. Um, but vultures, you know, I mean, it's pretty on on the chin. It's just I think it's a song just kind of about a relationship that's sort of beyond repair. You know, okay. it's kind of like um, and kind of finding your your place in it. Okay. In, in it. And I guess, um, you know, I don't know if you're like, if you're an, you're an honest songwriter, it, when you're writing songs, you're, you're never really taking the kind of the higher road. <laughs> it's kind okay. of like, I think a time when you really bear your feelings and your thoughts, right. like some, sometimes if... even in a, in a, in a bad way, even, you know, okay. like, um, whether you're, you're judging someone or you're, you know, but it's just, it's. It's an it's an expression, you know, right? Writing these songs, well, it's being so, your most honest. Song. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, the the song is, uh, I think I think also the energy of vultures too, like the way the kind of faster strumming pattern and stuff. The reason we put that one out first was just because it felt like it might bridge the gap the best. Okay. Between, as far yeah. as bringing fans over. Yeah. And, you know. So, um, but lyrically, yeah, it's just it's just about a tough time that I went through with someone in my life. Okay. And, and my thoughts about it. All right. And I saw that you uh, premiered the song at uh, the Wales Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. Is that was that just by chance? Is that something you wanted to do? It was just that... a, I was pl- I had just finished recording, and so I finally had a new song I could actually play live. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, that was just a fun little weekend thing. I mean, there's was probably like there's probably like a hundred like a random yes. Spot there was probably like a hundred people in the room at the at the show because it was a very private event right. kind of thing. Um, but the guy who runs Wales Comic Con is just a big Yellow Card fan. So oh, okay. Sent me an email. I was like, hey, dude, you want to play this cool. after party? I'll put you up in the hotel for three nights, and you could go yeah. to the Comic Con and just hang out. And I played shows in Wales before, but I never, you know, been, like visited which time right yeah. and so but we were like in this amazing like bed and breakfast hotel like yeah. farmhouse kind of thing and um just like hanging out with all these actors and comic really book cool. writers and yeah. musicians and stuff it, it was cool it's funny i um a lot of musicians that i interview or even touring entertainers they always say like there's a saying that's like a you know, I've traveled the world and haven't seen a thing. So. Oh yeah, it's totally. <laughs> and everyone, everyone thinks you know it's just like, oh my god, you've been to Europe. You to travel twenty times. Europe. Like Europe is actually the one place I want to vacation the most yeah. because for all the times I've been there, I haven't, haven't seen, seen anything. Um, you know, the roads in Europe are 
centuries old. So the tour yeah. buses, when you get into a lot of the yeah. cities, your tour bus drops you and then leaves. And then like on days off and stuff, you have to park like so far away from cities and like these yeah. truck lots and stuff. So it's just, it's tough. It's that you're not you're not there like trying yeah, places like Florence and Venice. We, yeah, really yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of places <laughs> like accessible. that where you a lot of places like that where you don't even play shows. So right, you know, yeah. it's like we played Bologna, Italy a bunch of times. So, yeah, um, you know, it's it's cool. It's awesome. I'm in Italy, but yeah. I've never been to Rome. You know, right. it's like, so I, there's a lot of stuff left to do um, in Europe. Um, I also I also found some some evidence that you are you're actually yourself like a comic book. Lover, or like you're, you're yeah. in comic books and pop culture. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. Um, have you been to many of the Comic Con events? No, before? that was the first. That one. was the first time. Yeah. What I, did you I think? I haven't had time. It's awesome. I mean, I would love to go to like the the, the big ones too. I mean, San, San Diego. Last year, I was, you know, San Diego Comic Con's kind of like the mothership. That is the one. Yeah. And uh, I w- but I was doing um, an emo night event at House of Blues, like across the street, and yeah. I couldn't go to the Comic Con. Yeah. It's like right there. Oh, that's. Um, so we'll see. It's cool. We've done some podcasts at Comic Cons. It's always a lot of fun. Cool. Man. Yeah. Yeah. We always get cool people yep. just by chance. Even. Yeah. Too. yeah. We had Ernie Hudson do our podcast like right at the beginning. And it was, it was yeah. Really I, cool. I, it was the the people I met at it. Were, it was it was awesome. Yeah. Just, it's kind of cool because it's usually like people that you love, but you're like I haven't seen this guy in forever. You yeah. Know? Like, so yeah. It's kind of cool to see what they're up to. And um, I think I read somewhere that you helped write a comic book last year. Yeah, I had a friend, an old, old Yellow Card family used yeah. to come to shows back in, I mean, started okay. at the very beginning and just kind of kept up with the band and we ended up becoming friends and um, he was um, edit- an editor at Marvel and okay. um, it just hit me up randomly one day, I was like, we're doing this event and I threw your name in the hat to be a writer. Wow. Um, so it's just a one-off thing, but it was such a fun, cool. So what experience. was that experience like? Cause especially just learning how to writing music I mean, is obviously learning good. how a comic book was made was the coolest part. Yeah, like going through the editing and the, and and seeing the art come to life and yeah. all that kind of that, that was just learning the process. And it was a Venom it. comic book, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's leading. It it was leading into. They've done it before, um, where they do like a an edge of event. So okay. it's called like Edge of Venomverse. Okay. Um, so the, they're kind of five independent stories. Involved okay. And Wolverine was involved in it. I, mine was Logan, yeah. Oh, okay. Like Old Man Logan. Oh, right. Okay. Um, which those books, the original, the Old Man Logan comic books are insane. Totally. Yeah. Um, so my story picked up like 20 years after that. Okay. Um, but then it, that all led into an actual proper event called Venomverse that has like okay. one author and one one artist. You know, like it's, a, cool. it's an actual comic book series. That's really cool. So, so you just the appreciate the name of the name of the podcast is Adamantium. Oh, yes, is, yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, I, I actually saw someone had on on your Twitter had commented that uh, just so happened that your solo record was released the same day as the same day as solo. solo yeah. <laughs> so, will you be going to see it? Uh, I saw it opening. Oh, you saw it. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, no spoilers. Right. And no. Although by the time you hear it, this will be out a yeah. two weeks. But or like, but still, that's just, you still don't want it. I I. Uh, Without saying anything like rude or yeah, judgmental to anyone. I've heard mixed. I love there. There was a lot of it I loved and a lot of it I didn't. Love. Right. I'll leave it at I've that. I've heard mixed. Yeah. I think it's set up for an incredible follow up. Okay. You know they had to do a lot of reshoots for this movie and yes, they brought yeah, in Ron yeah. Howard about halfway through and all that stuff. If they had like a clean slate of like, the, you know Lawrence Kasdan still writing and yeah. we're gonna go forward with the same team from yeah. the start. I think that they. 
I, you, know, you know they want to make up for that 69% review. Yes. Um, oh, they, you know they sure. want to redeem Which themselves. is surprising yeah. that I'm surprised Disney didn't pay under the table to have that. I think <laughs> it was more fun than 69%. I, I okay. do think that. I heard it. My, my cousin who's a huge Star Wars fan saw it last night yeah. and he's like, it's an 8 out of 10. I, I think it was better than it got credit for. But, okay. but I also, being a theater, per, grew up in theater acting and, and right. like to just the, the film freak that I am. Right. I understand why it got the right people. Yeah. So it's like... I mean, yeah. But I think the future is bright for the franchise. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I've heard some snarky comments like it's the best one since Last Jedi. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm supposed to go take my little cousin tomorrow to see it. It's but, fun, man. It's yeah, fun. that's what it's, I... I mean, it's that's a what, fun movie. A bunch of friends that were went to film school and they're like the snobby... Yeah, yeah. And they're like boycotting it. And I'm like, just go and enjoy it. Why are they boycotting it? Because the... Uh, well, for one, they're like diehard Star Wars fans. They right. don't like that Disney took over. Oh, oh you know okay, what I mean? Okay, so they're right, just right. boycotting yeah. Solo and... and yeah. I'm not on that train at all. But at the same time, like, when I, I went to see the Avengers with those guys once, and, like, the whole way home, I just had to hear about everything that was yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. I'm not going to see movies with you guys. I, I'm not on that train at all. No. I, I, I say make as many movies as you can. Yeah, that's like, it. The good ones, enjoy the franchise. The good ones will not? still be yeah. super good. Yeah. Yes, there's going to be bad movies, but yeah. the ones that are good... If you enjoy the franchise, why don't you want yeah, to see I know. more? Yeah. I know. I don't get it. So, um... Anyways, we got a little off, off track there, but yeah, current, um, it's all good. Yeah, th- those are the best parts. I yeah. always find. Um, so you're currently t- touring as a solo support act for Newfound Glory, but you're also playing with Newfound. Glory. Yeah, is it challenging to kind of go from a chilled acoustic set to like a super high energy? No, I think that, I think it's just cool to still get to, to get to do to both do things. Both and, but what I'm doing with Newfound is super auxiliary. I mean, I'm really, it's really just like I'm here. I'm here, so I'm playing guitar with my friends. Okay. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not even down front on the stage. I kind of have a keyboard, laptop setup where okay. I'm playing keys and stuff in the back with Cyrus. Right. So, so it's not like a big fun. featured thing I'm doing. I'm just having fun playing guitar. That's awesome. Yeah. That's kind of nice to do after. It's, you know. It is. <laughs> it's, it's a lot I less. Anyways, it's a lot less stress. Yeah. The first few days obviously were stressful. I wanted to be great for them. Right. But now that we're in a Did routine, you know most of their songs already. Yeah. 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 And now that we're in a routine, it's like yeah, it's so much less stress. Right? Yeah. Right. We're just back there playing guitar, having a good time. You don't have to be. Yeah. Like having a cold beer between songs. And other <laughs> things that could never happen in the yeah. other part. So. Yeah. Um, I've seen that you've collaborated with a lot of artists kind of over the years and stuff. Is that something that you kind of seek out to do or is it kind of more by request and it's a little bit of both, I think. A little bit of both. Yeah, okay. some things happen organically, just just through you play a show with someone or you you know, you meet someone somewhere and something happens or you know, your manager calls you and is like, Hey, we have this opportunity, are you interested in it? So it's it's honestly always been a little bit of both. What what have been kind of some of the surprise collaborations that maybe turned out a lot better than um, anticipated? You know, I've never really, I haven't really had anything that I've done outside of my own stuff that's really stuck. That's okay. like caught. I haven't mean, like really got. But I mean, even personally, I haven't really. Well, yeah, like I was gonna say. So like, I haven't gotten like any like big placements or, or cuts on records right, or stuff right, like that. Right. Which which I for a while I was I was kind of chasing that, and I realized to kind of get into it that it yeah. just wasn't for me. And, well, which is maybe why I never got a cut because I was never all the way in. Yeah. You know, I just wasn't one of those people that was comfortable just every day writing a new song. Yeah. For, yeah. for you know, like uh, it takes, I take my time with my songs and yeah. stuff. So, but anyways, and, and that, it fascinates me the people who write like amazing, you know, chart smashing pop songs, yeah. not the, not the terrible meaningless yeah. ones. I mean, the ones that are like last forever stories of those songs that get written in like 45 minutes or something. Right. Yeah. It just blows my mind. Yeah. But 
Um, I have a couple. I mean, I have some cool stories. Like, uh, I, I ended up doing a, a co-write with Sean Stockman from Boys to Men once. Okay. And yeah. He just came over to my house. Yeah. And we just like chilled in my little yeah just office studio and, yeah. and wrote a song together. That's awesome. Um, that yeah. you know, that's that's cool. Um, I think it's kind of cool when like the mixed genre. Yeah, yeah. Kind of get together and they they do something that's. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, nothing ever came of it, but just but no, you know, like yeah. my, like I think my first concert when I was eight years old was or nine yeah. years old was at the Coliseum in Jacksonville, Florida, seeing uh, New Kids on the Block and Boys to Men. Right. You know, in the eighties, yeah. so it was like, and now I'm just writing a song with this dude. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, Have you heard about this new album with Sting and Shaggy? No. Yeah, Sting and they're I saw out front actually they're doing a show here like in the fall. Wow. Together, yeah. Kind of crazy. Um, actually, similar story was like last week. Um, I had well, it's big Canadian, but the the reggae star Snow. Okay. Yeah. Like he did my podcast last cool. week, and it was it was something that same publicist set up for me. Yeah. And he was like, "Hey, do you want Snow on your podcast?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> That's and he just awesome. like same thing came to my apartment. Yeah. Just recording. I'm like. Snow's just chilling in my apartment yeah. right now. Like, That's pretty, awesome. Brought his entourage with him. And, like, That's so funny. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I noticed that I also saw that you participated in the Lincoln Park mm-hmm. um, f- f- with Friends show yep. to tribute Chester Bennington. Um, what's what's your connection with, with LP? Did, uh, friends uh, friends with the guys? Start, and, it started in 2007. Okay. When Yellow Card was touring Paper Walls, we just got a totally out of the blue offer to open for Lincoln Park in Japan. Okay. And so we went to Japan and did these massive shows with Lincoln Park. And well, because they're, they're humongous in Japan. Like, they're humongous yeah. everywhere. I mean, right, right. But they had like, a in the world. cool niche yeah. market in Japan, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. We played the Super Arena in Tokyo. It was like yeah, two oh, nights. Oh, the uh, Tokyo Dome? Yeah, there's like 30,000 people two That's nights. insane. So it was amazing. Um, and so we had that connection, and then, you know, just like through the years after that, would be kind of like just here and there and run into the guys or one of the guys here, or one of the guys there. Yeah. I had a, a good friend of mine that worked on a couple music videos of theirs as okay. an art director, so I would kind of go down and hang out with them for that. Never on a level of like hangs, you know, right, like right, right. getting invited to like family events, you know what yeah. I mean? But like a musical connection that was yeah. definitely for real. So in 2014, Lincoln Park played their first ever Warped show. And not only played their first show, but like none of them had ever even been to a Warped really? show before that day. Okay. So they did this surprise. Warped pulled it off too. They had the surprise, and no one leaked anything. Yeah. And so that, that never happened. Right before the show, they anymore. revealed the Lincoln Park banner in Ventura, and it was just like pandemonium. Dude. Yeah. So they reached out before that show. Um, my manager hit me up and said. Hey, is it cool if I give uh, give your email to Mike Shinoda? You know, Mike. Uh, yeah. 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 So I had gotten an email from Mike, and we had been chatting, and he they wanted to bring worked artists on stage with them okay. to do songs for the set, to sing yeah. for sing or play guitar or whatever. So I did that show, and it was awesome. And I sang. I have the best pictures of me and Chester singing together. It's so oh, it's so awesome. cool, man. Um, saying what I've done with them, and it was just we're like arm in arm on stage, like just legendary, dude. Yeah. And so. Um, fast forward the day that Chester died I was flying into Phoenix to do an emo night event and I left Nashville at like 5am or something so I hit the hotel bed as soon as I landed slept most of the day 
woke up to all the news. That's right. Yeah. And I was like, how are we going to do like this party? You know, course, yeah. it's not the same genre, but they transcend genre. Right, of course. So like no way every single fan at Emo Night is not a Linkin Park fan. They are. Right. They just are, you know. So how are we going to do this like fun party thing? Right. And I thought, you know, I guess the best, I, I happen to be playing some of the Emo Night stuff I do, I'll play, which is a whole other question, I guess, the Emo Night stuff, but um, I'll play acoustic at some of them. Yeah. And then some of them I just do the DJ thing. But um, that night I happened to be playing acoustic. And so I thought, well, the best thing I can do is learn a song yeah. and, and just talk about it and talk about how we're all feeling about it right. and play yeah. the song. And Again, so Chester and I weren't like texting buddies, you right, know? right, right. But every it's encounter I had with him and every experience I had around him, you know, a full tour and a couple of shows, and he was just such a positive force. So it yeah. was a shocking thing to me. I mean, I know he's he struggled his whole life, but yeah. with depression and, and and stuff. But just I never saw any of that. Yeah. He was. I mean, before I went on in 2014, I was so nervous to get up there and right. do that. Uh, you know, and he just walked. He just walked up to me. There's a video of it I posted yeah. actually. That's, that's the moment that he walked up to me and was like, "Hey, man, it's gonna be. You're gonna be good, dude. You're gonna yeah. kill it." You know. And so I learned "Shadow of the Day," which has always been one of my favorite Linkin Park right. songs. That's it. And I just covered it acoustic. And for me, like on my level, it went viral-ish. You yeah. know, a couple hundred thousand views. Like that's yeah. for, you know, it wasn't like huge, but either way, it got out there and spread around me playing this song. And so a couple months later, I got an email. And it's funny; it had been so long since Mike had emailed me or reached out right. to me. His his email signature is very discreet okay so I didn't know who it was right. I was like it said hey man is this still a good email for you I want to, would love to get on the phone and talk to you about it. It's something we're working on okay right signature and I didn't I was like who is this yeah. and it took me like a day and yeah. I was like oh shit it's yeah. it, I remember that same email from War Tour two years ago or whatever three years ago and so anyways I wrote it back Here's my number. He called me like 30 seconds later. So then I'm just on the phone with Shinoda for like a half hour, hour. We're just talking about it. And he asked me to do the show, this this tribute show at the Hollywood Bowl. And this was going to be different than than Warp Tour because Warp Tour, Chester and I were like kind of singing together. This right. was like, no, dude, you are going to sing the song. Yeah. Like you're going to step out on stage and be the Did lead singer of Lincoln Park. Did you or no, with it, the band? I sang like with, lead vocals for Lincoln Park for four minutes. Yeah. It was crazy. So the, the shout, I was because my next question was to be, how did those songs get chosen? Well, that it came from it came from me covering posted. it, and I asked him. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm not, um, I'm not saying, you know, I, I don't know how to word this. I forget what I said, but you know, not doing the like, woe is me, pity party thing. That's right. not what I was doing at all. I was like, dude, look, I, I just want to put this out there that that song is." You know, yeah. it's about depression. It seems it's sort of leans toward being about suicide and stuff like yes, that. Yeah. And it's going to be a big moment in the show right. for fans. Are you sure you don't want someone like more famous to yeah. do that song? Yeah. And he was like, Nope. We, you know, the song. We saw you play the song, and yeah, you, if, if that's what you want to do, we want you to do it. You know, we all yeah. we all want to do it that way. So yeah, it was. That's really cool. It was crazy, and I never yeah. even been to the Hollywood Bowl, so I mean, doing the show, oh, right, first yeah. thing at Hollywood Bowl yeah, was cool. stepping out on stage with yeah. Linkin Park. It, it was been pretty. Were you it nervous? Was, yeah, oh, I was, I was terrified. Yeah, but uh, when you get on stage, does it kind of like sometimes it calm it, you? Sometimes it does. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. You're still but, but that night, you were shaking on stage. No, or? that night okay. once I walked out, it just washed away. Okay, I felt. I feel like being a part of what it was too. Yeah, it probably made you feel pretty. It did. Yeah, it did. So. And then the, there was you did a U two cover as well with them. Yeah. And what um, what what was the 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 inspiration behind that? That was just Mike being like, "Hey, we're also we did this cool mashup with you two with or without you uh, in right. rehearsal." And I'm like, they, "Oh, so now they didn't want now I need to sing uh, 
one of the heaviest Linkin Park songs, you know, subject matter wise, in and front of a sold out Hollywood. And then we're just going to cover you too. No big yeah. deal. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I was nervous. One of the most classic songs yeah. of all time. I was yeah. nervous. That's awesome. Um, you guys, you played your last, your final show with Yellow Card just over a year ago. Yep. Um, what was the decision to retire, retire the band, I guess? Um, was that because you wanted to, or everyone wanted to do other projects or what was, where, where, how come you guys decided to, that's a long, a long story. story. Right? That's a very long story. Is there a short answer? Um, it was just time. Okay. That's, you know. And, and I mean, I don't want, it's not supposed to be a, a, a downer question. No. The reason being, I, I like, also I wanted to ask because, you know, Yellow Cards, they, they've had a hiatus before. Yeah. Do you think it's something that, you know, the guys might come together again? Unfortunately, no. You think that's, this is, this is, we, are, we, you're all we won't be one of those bands that like does the reunion thing two, three, over four times. Right? The, the farewell tour? The that, <laughs> that tour we did was so important and special for fans and for us and it, it would just devalue it in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I know even if fans would be like, we don't care, we're fine with it, right, you know, right. but for us it was just, it was exactly, it, it was ended time. up being exactly the way we wanted it to be. Sometimes it's important to know, you know, like, yeah. um, I mean, we probably could have pulled it out for a while longer or whatever, you know, right. but we just, it, we all, we took our time coming to the decision and in the end it was the decision that we made. So. I think that's, you know, and I think that's important because you don't want to be, you know, I, like when time's time, it's, it's, I think it's kind of mature to know when time's time and you guys are young enough that you can do your yeah. own for the other stuff as yeah. well, you know? That was part of it. Yeah. I mean, you don't like, <laughs> I mean, I've heard the last two, three years Motley Crue was touring. Yeah. It was just like right. pretty much for money. You right. know? <laughs> like they didn't, well, they didn't was, like each other. It was the same show every night. And <laughs> yeah. And it, it was Definitely part of that was also like, okay, well, if we're going to do it, let's do it. Because do it, if we right. wait too much longer, it's going to be really hard to transition into whatever is next. Right. You know, so. Well, now, I mean, things have come. Also, you've got a new album out. Things are looking pretty. Yeah, man. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Dude. I'm, I'm not, I've learned a lot over the years about, you know, getting your hopes up. And I'm really trying to just one day at a time one day at, hey, play these shows, you know, like I'm taking every single little, uh, thing with like the utmost gratitude and, and it's just you know I mean I'm the EP initially started out as I'm doing this newfound glory tour they asked me to do this tour it would be cool to have some music to, to sell at the merch right. okay table. that was really my motivation yeah so the fact that it's gone like out and gotten all these crazy reviews and it's I don't know if it still is but all day yesterday it was the number one album yeah. on the iTunes charts and the singer songwriter genre yeah. and like I broke the top 40, like, that's just, with no record label, and no right. promotion, you and no, you there. know, so, um, it's turning into something more, I think, than, than, when I say we, like me, and my, my manager, and right. people like that, that we thought it would it ever would be. be, so we're all extremely excited, um, I have a new, new, t- totally new team working with me, around me, um, which, which is cool, and refreshing, and, um, Everyone's just, it was originally going to be this kind of like, hey, bud, will you help me kind of manage this like little thing I'm doing? You know, yeah. just, I just need help like getting it up online. And right. if I have any any trouble on the tour or whatever, he's like, yeah, sure. And now it's it's a kind of full on thing. Yeah. And, and everyone's really excited about that. So I don't know. We'll see. Do you think that, um, do you think it's that it's because you have that yellow card, that strong yellow card fan base? Or do you think there's probably new people that are fan of this singer, Sean Miller? 
genre. I think right now it's got to be core. The core of it. Core is yellow. yellow yeah, for sure. And they're they're glad that you did. But but that's all gonna come down to the like type of touring that I do. Right. And you know what, whether we do end up working with a record company or not. Mm-hmm. You know, like what kind of record company that's gonna be and what kind of artists are signed there and what kind of artists I end up touring with because that's like we talked about at the very beginning of. of of our hang, you know, some of the comparisons that the music is getting, right, um, was really blowing me away. But I think, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff I would like to do as far as that think, touring. You know, yeah. I would like to. This this music belongs on tours where people come expecting to sit and hear singer songwriters right. play songs. You know, right. while I'm having a great time and I'm so grateful to be on this newfound tour and just play these songs for like thousands of people. Right. Over the course of the next five weeks, you know, it's um, it's really an amazing springboard for this whole thing. But you know, this isn't necessarily the the genre, the genre or the right. type of show. Right. It's it out there. Exactly. You know? But like, I so I, and it's going really well on these shows. Mm-hmm. So I can't even imagine how cool the vibe would be. Well, I mean, look a, at on Dallas Green. I don't think yeah. he ever expected City and Color to blow up the way it did. Yeah, you know? exactly. Almost bigger than Alexis on Fire. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's great, man. Is there anything? That's kind of on ideas you have, anything on your mind that you want to still do next or? I mean, I'm working on a couple other things too. Um, I'm working on, on a project with um, Ryan Mendez, our yellow card yep. guitarist. We're doing a thing that can't really be, I can't really do like release information about it yeah. just because of, the, of what of it is. But the point of that is just that like I'm staying musically creative in, in different ways for sure. Um, but but for the solo stuff, I mean, we're already talking about making another EP over the summer. Awesome, that's amazing. So that's a good good thing, you know. That's great. Well, congratulations on everything so far. I'm Thanks, glad man. it's going well. Yeah. And have a great show tonight. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Of course, man. Thanks awesome. for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. No worries. Adamantium. Adamantium.